0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a very good Erev Shabbos to all of you. And in actual fact, a good Erev Shabbos. Because this Shabbos is Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Mare and what a wonderful time of the year it is. We have just concluded the incredible month of Tishrei and the Chagim, beginning with Rosh Hashanah, going through the 10 days of repentance, Yom Kippur, getting ready for Sukkot, the week of Sukkot, Shemini Atzeret, Simchat Torah that we celebrated last week. What an incredible time this was. And while many think to themselves, wow, what happens now? We've gone through this uplifting, exciting few weeks, Where do we go from here? And the answer, of course, is this becomes our duty. This becomes our great challenge to take the experiences that we've gone through, to take those incredible divine energies that we have been gifted with, and to use them, to take them, to unpack them as we enter the rest of the year, as we continue, as we go forward, as we continue into the year, we take those experiences, we make them real, we use them, we continue with them, this becomes our duty, this, in fact, becomes our privilege. It's Shabbos Barashas. What an incredible Shabbos it is. Our rabbis tell us that as we establish ourselves on Shabbos Barashas, so it goes the entire year. While, of course, Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the year, Shabbos Barashas has its own unique beginning as well. We begin the Torah. Yes, we began the Torah on Simcha's Torah. We ended the Torah. We finished the Torah with the parsha of Zotabracha, the end of the barim. We called out Chazak, Chazak, B'nichazek, and then we called the Chatan Bereishit to begin the Torah. But Shabbat Bereishit, we are going to start reading the Torah again from the beginning tomorrow at Shul. And this is something which is very important for us to understand. The Torah is an ongoing cycle. We don't go through it once. We don't begin and end, and we go looking for something else. Each and every single year, we go through that cycle. And it's not repetitive, because each and every single year, we look for something new. We look for something fresh. Just as our sages tell us that each and every single Rosh Hashanah, Each and every single Rosh Hashanah, there is a new divine revelation that is given to us. Similarly, each and every single Shabbos Barashas, as we begin once again to read the Torah from the beginning, we look for something new. Torah is infinite, and therefore within the infinity of Torah, we are able to constantly find something fresh something new. Yes, we read it last year. Yes, we studied last year. Yes, we went through it. And while, of course, we review, we also renew. We look for something new and fresh. And as we know, we take the ideas of Torah, we take the wisdom, we take the incredible insights of Torah, and we apply them to the current situation. This is what makes Torah so brilliant. This is what makes Torah so full. It's not something that tells us about a distant past. It's not something that tells us about something which happened years ago. It's incredible, infant dimension talks to us about the here and now. It talks to us about the current situation in which we find ourselves not only in terms of the social, national, universal condition in which we find ourselves, in which we find ourselves. It talks to us into our personal situation here and now. We are creatures of change each and every single moment, each and every single year, each and every single stage of life brings with it incredible and wonderful change. We grow, we mature, we learn, We study, we interact, we change. And with those changes come questions. With those changes come all sorts of challenges. With those changes come insights. And we look for wisdom. We look for direction. We look for something to enable us to go forward with strength, with courage, and with clarity. This is the beauty of Torah. This is the greatness of Torah. This is the ability of Torah to light the way to bring clarity in an otherwise journey which might be dark. To bring certainty into a journey which otherwise might be confusing. And this is the beauty of Torah. Each and every single year. We roll it all the way to the beginning. We pick up the very first Chumash. We open to the first page. And what do we see? The Baralekim Baralekim Es B'Saaretz. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And as I said before, we ask ourselves the question, didn't we read those words last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that going all the way back to the very beginning of the Jewish people? And the answer is yes. But each and every single year we are obligated to look at it again and again and again and ask ourselves How have we changed how has the world changed let me look at Torah and try to find a secret a word wisdom that enables me to understand my condition my world my situation based upon the wisdom of Torah Torah our sages tell us comes from the word hora instruction teaching and it's not a list of laws. It's not a list of instructions. It's history. It's stories. It's personalities. It's all sorts of interesting things. But each and every one of those details is there to teach us something. In order for something to teach us something, you need two fundamental dimensions. As in every teaching experience. Number one, you need a good teacher who is able to impart words of wisdom. And number two, you need a good pupil who is able to receive and is prepared to receive words of wisdom. Torah is the ultimate teacher. It's the wisdom of God. It's the words of Hashem. It's the ultimate teacher. It's the ultimate subject, the infinite words of Hashem. The challenge is, are we good Students, are we individuals who are prepared to listen, to try and learn, to open our minds, to open our hearts, to listen to the words and try to see is there wisdom. Not to simply block it out, not to simply say it's old fashioned, not to simply say, well, it's, you know, for different type of people, it's not my thing. I assure you, When you look at the actual wisdom of Torah, you will be blown away by the incredible dimension of greatness that it contains. This week's Parsha, as we'll soon explain, contains incredible dimensions of greatness. It talks to us about so many areas of life that touch us on the most personal level, that touch us on those questions of life that each and every one of us battle with on so many different dimensions. The opening words of Horatius, the stories that are contained in this Parsha, are immense. We will look at some of them. We'll try to understand them. We'll ask the questions, perhaps find some answers. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the opening parsha of the year. Dramatic. We roll the Torah all the way back. We open the first page of the Chumash, and what are the words that we see? Bereshit barak et et In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. A very dramatic statement. A wonderful statement. It tells us so much. It tells us what, in fact, we have to understand and develop. In terms of understanding Torah, in terms of understanding God, in terms of understanding what, in fact, is taking place at the particular moment that Torah is talking to us. What is taking place is at the beginning. There was a time there was no time. There was a time there was no space. God created the beginning. And this is something which is difficult for our little human minds To understand that there was a time, there was no time. There was a time, there was no space. There was a time that God created the beginning. That's what creation is all about. You know, some people make the mistake of thinking that God was some sort of divine, cosmic interior decorator who walked around this incredible universe and said to himself, you know, let's put a little world down in that corner. And uh, let's put a moon and a sun in that corner. And in this little world, let's put a couple of trees, a couple of oceans. Let's put a couple of animals. Let's put a couple of human beings. That's not the way it worked. God created the universe. It didn't exist. It wasn't there. God brought it into being. Before there was nothing. And suddenly there was something. Now, this is something which each and every one of us has to come to understand, or at least to believe in, or at least to accept. Because there's a fundamental difference between creation and those who accept other theories of existence. Because once you deny or don't accept the concept of creation, there is no purpose and meaning to anything. Everything is random. Everything is accidental. Everything is just there because things bumped into each other. It's as if God took this huge mixing bowl and threw a couple of molecules into there, mixed it up and said, let's see what happens. Let's see what comes out." That's not what creation is all about. Creation is that each and every single item, each and every single thing within creation from beginning of time to the present moment, each and every single thing is created by God. And once it's created by God, it has a purpose. And once it has a purpose, it has a reason. And once it has a reason, it has a mission. And once it has a mission, it is there for something. This is what creation is all about. It's not there to prove the control and authority of God. Of course that's there. It's there to give dignity to everything within creation. That's the opening story of Torah. The opening story of Torah is there to tell us that everything within this world has a purpose. Everything within this world has a reason. Now, most people think to themselves that the world is a chaotic sort of place, and we try to create some sort of order within the chaos in order to give our lives or our environment, our society, some sort of meaning. That's not the way it is. Each and every single thing has purpose, has meaning, and it's our job to understand that meaning. It's our job as people, as human beings, to understand that meaning. Now, I almost always tell the same thing when I talk about the book of B'Rexus, the story of creation. How when man was created, he was created altogether differently than every other creature, every other animal. When God created man, he first took from the earth of the ground and mixed it with water. And in this clay mixture, he formed the physical body of man. And into this physical clay mixture, he breathed a divine energy of life. The physical and spiritual which makes up man were two separate entities. When he created a horse, he didn't do that. When he created an elephant, he didn't do that. When he created any other animal, flying animals, fish, insects, any other animal, they were created both in spirit and in body at the same time. A human was created, the human, Adam, Adam Harishon, the first man was created. His body was created out of the earth, and God breathed. The spirit of life into him. Why was this done? In order to instruct man that he has the ability of reaching the highest of the high, the breath of God, the spirit of life, the essence of life which comes to God from God. And he has the ability of reaching the lowest of the low. Man is able to extend himself to the ultimate extremes of creation and beyond. He is able to extend himself from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. And not because man is able to ascend to the highest level or, God forbid, to descend to the lowest level. That's not the real reason. Of course, man is able to go to higher levels or fall to low levels. But the real reason is because man is able to connect with and understand the purpose of each and every single detail of creation. And in order for him to do that, he has to have the ability of moving from one extreme of creation to the other extreme of creation. This is the greatness of man. The greatness of man, the greatness of Adam Harishan, and this is something which he gave over to each and every one of us, is the ability to recognize, to fathom, to understand, to respect, to admire each and every single element of creation. Do we do that? We probably don't, but we should. We probably don't, but we can. But we're busy with other things. We get stuck in a very narrow gap. We don't reach for the highest of the high. We don't try to understand the lowest of the low. We get stuck in a very narrow gap, somewhere in between. And that's where most people live their lives. Most people don't see the incredible scope of the highest of the high, the breath of life that comes from God directly, and the lowest of the low, the clay, the mud, from which they are made. Their bodies are made. This is something which is important for us to understand. Now, man was made in a different way as well. Man was created in a way that even though God himself breathed the spirit of life, the Ruach HaKhaim, into him, man, by nature, doesn't recognize and see godliness automatically. It's something that he has to work for. And while, of course, the great, the righteous, the pious do see godliness, we average human beings have to work at it through faith, through understanding, through insight into Torah. Even Abraham himself had to look around the world and come to recognize the presence of God. It wasn't there automatically. Because what man understands are the forces of nature. And what man doesn't understand is that the forces of nature are also a manifestation of godliness. These are the opening words of the book of Bereshis. Bereshis, bara Elokim, in the beginning God created. But how did he create? How did he bring everything into being? Elokim, through the hiddenness of God. He didn't do it through the revelation of God. He did it through the hiddenness of God. So man has to search for God. While man has the capacity of reaching the highest of the high and touching the lowest of the low because he is able to fathom and understand potentially all of creation, he has to recognize godliness within creation. He has to break through the superficial facade of the natural forces and recognize godliness within all of creation. This is what man has to do. Veracious Boda elikim, elikim. we are told, has the same gematria, the numerical value of HaTeva, nature. And God created the world by putting the forces of nature, which is a divine force, as that which manifests, as that which appears. And this is something that each and every one of us has to understand. God goes through a daily process. On this day, he created this. On that day, he created that. And at the end of every day, he says, and he saw it, and it was good. It had purpose. It had meaning. And on the sixth day, when he creates man, and he goes through the whole process of creating the body, and then breathing in the spirit of life, as mentioned before, giving man his incredible power, he gave man intellect. He gave man the power of incredible faith. He gave man the ability of reaching the highest levels. He gave man the ability of understanding all of creation. In actual fact, our sages tell us, That when the angels came to God and said, why are you giving man such incredible gifts? He said, because he knows the secrets of each and every single item of creation. He knows the names of everything. He knows the architecture of each and every single item. He knows the divine letters that bring about the being of each and every aspect of creation. And while, of course, this isn't open to each and every one of us, but certain dimensions of it are. And this is something that we have to strive for, to understand this incredible, magnificent, infinite interaction between body and soul, between the highest of the high and the lowest of the low, and to break through the facade of the natural order and to recognize the miraculous presence of God that exists behind all of that, to recognize the miracle of creation. This is how Torah begins. and This is why each and every single year we start by telling this very same story. And it's not a boring story. And it's not a story that, well, I've heard it last year. It's a story that I have to review and ask myself, what challenges are happening now to me and to the world that needs me to look at the world and to recognize the hand of God within? More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the idea... God creator bringing purpose, reason, meaning, a mission into every single thing that he created. And man, the human being is able, able to understand that, to recognize that, to know that. This is something that each and every one of us is able to achieve to a certain degree. But before, here are a couple of important bits of information that I want to share. First of all, it is important that we listen to the words of our medical professionals when it comes to the current situation, and they have said that now it's perfectly safe to come back to shul, provided that the shul that you go to are observing the protocols of social distancing and masks. If, in fact, your shul is doing just that, it is absolutely safe to come back to shul. However, if you feel that you're not ready to come back to shul, or you're uncomfortable in the current situation, it's absolutely fine as well. Whatever you decide to do, medical professionals feel that it's perfectly safe, but then again, it is your choice, whatever you decide. So whatever you do, it's perfectly okay. And the other thing is I received a message, as rabbis have around the world, that our very dear friend, the former chief rabbi of United Kingdom of England, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs has been diagnosed with a very serious illness and we've been asked to pray on his behalf. His name is Jonathan Ben-Aliba and the office of the former chief rabbi has asked the Jews around the world. In fact, everybody around the world should pray on his behalf. He's a wonderful spokesman and teacher of the Jewish people. In fact, for, well, people around the world. And we pray for his recovery, his speedy recovery. He is being treated currently, and please God, he should have a refuah shlema ukrova, a full and speedy recovery. We're talking about the idea that a human being is able to achieve the highest of the high and the lowest of the low, because he possesses a body that's made the earth of the ground, and he has the ruach achayim, The divine spirit of life. And when he combines these two things, which God did for him at the moment of creation, he is able to understand the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. And this is why man has to break out from the narrow gap of his existence and to reach to higher levels, wider levels, greater levels, to touch the infinite, to touch something which is far greater than himself. And this is why, interestingly enough, as we continue with the story of creation, God goes through six days of creation. What happens on the sixth day? Man is created. Adam is created. Eve is created. What happens on the sixth day of creation? What happens on the sixth day of creation is so puzzling. Because a man, instead of living up to the incredible privilege of being that individual who can, direct the entire world, all of creation, to a higher purpose. In fact, this is the initial thing that Adam does when he's created. He turns to all of creation and he says, Come, let us stand and give thanks to God who brought us into being. The day that he is created, he fails. He falls. He listens to his wife who listened to the serpent. And instead of staying clear of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, he actually tastes the fruit of the tree of knowledge. What does that tell us? Now some people say, oh, it tells us how weak man is. No, it doesn't only tell us how weak man is. It tells us that life is challenge. Life is, we have tremendous gifts. We have tremendous abilities. We have tremendous opportunities. We have tremendous situations. We have incredible abilities, but we also have incredible Challenges as well. And a challenge indicates not that we are going to fall and stumble because we are weak. It means that we also have the capacity to stand firm and overcome those challenges. Some might be very difficult. Some might be overwhelming. But we have within us the strength to stand up in front of every single challenge that confronts us. And to stand higher than all of that. Why Adam failed? That's a whole different discussion. And perhaps one day when we have the time, we will examine why Adam failed, why Eve failed. It's not a simple story. It's not a story of weak people. It's a story that talks to us about deep theological and philosophical issues. But the point is, challenge is a real issue of life. The greater the person, the greater the challenge, each and every one of us in our own lives. Based upon the gifts that we have, and each and every one of us has been granted wonderful gifts. Based on the gifts that we have, we are given challenges, and those challenges must make us grow, must make us stronger and bigger. And this is one of the most important lessons we can learn in life. Challenges aren't there, God forbid, to weaken us or to break us, God forbid. Challenges are there to make us stronger and bigger. And while we see these tsunami waves coming at us and we think that this is going to overwhelm us, we stand strong, we find within us an inner strength, an inner ability, an inner courage that enables us to overwhelm. That challenge and to come out so much stronger. The story of creation is not only there to talk to us about the miracle of bringing all of creation into being and endowing, empowering every aspect of creation with its own unique ability. It's not only there to talk to us how man is a combination of heaven and earth and he's able to reach to the highest of the high and touch the lowest of the low and to understand everything in between. The story of creation talks to us about challenge as well. And perhaps this is one of the great lessons that we are obligated to learn right now. Because we're all talking about it. We're all thinking about it. We're all experiencing challenge right now. Each and every one of us, our lives have been challenged in the most dramatic sort of way, to a lesser or greater degree. But each and every one of us, our lives have been dramatically challenged. And how do we respond to that challenge? Do we simply sit back and say, well, that's the way it is? Or do we recognize within that challenge a personal message, personal opportunity? But in order for us to recognize personal opportunity, we have to know ourselves. We have to recognize that which we are, that which we possess. We have to recognize the spirit of God, the gift that we were given. The neshama, the guf, the body and the soul. This incredible infinite combination of who and what we are. And this is why this Shabbos is so special. This is why it's Shabbos voracious. And as we establish ourselves on this Shabbos, this is the way it goes for the entire year. This is a Shabbos which encapsulates the entire year because it talks to us about the beginning. It talks to us about the origin. It talks to us about everything started. It talks to us about it all began. We were there, each and every one of us, in our own way. So whatever you're doing tomorrow, whether you're in shul or whether you're at home, read the story. Read it again. Ask yourself the question again and again. What is it telling me here now? What is the story telling Whether it's the story of Adam and Eve, whether it's the story of Cain and Abel, whatever story that you're going to read tomorrow, whatever portion you're going to delve into and dwell on, listen to it. Listen to it carefully. There is something there. It's Shabbos Barathees. It's that very first Shabbos when we start a new. It's the day before Rosh a time of absolute renewal. It's a time where new energies are given to us, new opportunities, perhaps new challenges as well. A combination of both, but a wonderful time, a time of newness. The Shabbos and good Chodesh.